Hello and welcome to Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. We are your hosts, Vidas Pinkavichus and Oshamov Zida Pinkavichin. We've been mastering secrets of organ playing for more than 20 years and sharing them on this blog since 2011. On this show, which we create from our home in Vilnius, Lithuania, we strive to help you grow in every area of organ playing, including practice, technique, repertoire, sight reading, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory, harmony, and many others. Our hope is to help you become a complete musician, or what we call a total organist, a program which we have created to help you reach your dreams faster than you would do on your own. If you are new here, we invite you to subscribe to receive free updates of this blog at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video on how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. And now let's go to the podcast for today. Hi guys, this is Vidas. And Usha. Let's start episode 573 of Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. We just recorded uh, the previous episode uh, with the question sent by Rebecca about uh, the articulation of uh, D minor toccata and fugue by Bach. And uh, Rebecca's uh, question sort of continues uh, in this episode, okay? So she writes, uh, she has problems with sticking uh, with a schedule of practicing and time management. And also pieces to play for an organ recital. Suggestions as to what would make a good program. I feel somewhat limited in what I can play. Um... I played piano during my early years and I am semi-retired at this point. However, I love to play and I want to challenge myself to do a recital. I'm thinking of the Bach piece, which has not been done in our recital programs in the last year, and the Westminster Carillon. Thank you for your input. Uh, So, basically, let's talk a little bit about scheduling schedule of practice and time management by the way these are courses in our total organist program yes so if she she's interested in joining total organist at least for some time she could really take advantage of of of, of our programs so we talk about practicing but in general schedule of practice is uh, it depends on, on each person, right, Osha? Sure. For me, it seems that in Rebecca's case, she needs you know, to set up a date for a recital if she really wants to do it. And in that way, she will feel the pressure of it coming up. And then she will manage her time much better. You think so? <laughs> oh, in other case, she will have to to cancel it. You think so? I've heard people play badly in recital, even though they scheduled a date in advance and they knew that the due date is coming up, but they don't understand their true situation, you know, wisely enough and they still don't take it seriously. You know whom I'm talking about. Well, 
Of course, no, there are people like this, but but that's what I would do. Because otherwise, look, we cannot, you know, work on her schedule and to, to do it, you know, hour by hour. Because we don't know what she do, does in life, how long she sleeps, and what kind of other responsibilities she has. Mm-hmm. That she has to take care of children, grandchildren, you know, we don't know that. So basically, when you schedule a recital, a good solution is to play a run-through of the recital two months before the date. Yes? Well, if you are professional, I think one month is enough, but, but if it you depends. Are, if you are professional, I think uh, um, run-through could be even sometimes, you know, omitted if it's a solid program and you know it. But it depends. Uh, so, in Roberta's case, Rebecca's case, I really uh, recommend two months prior to recital uh, run through. And uh, thinking about that, she has to uh, plan her practices so that she would learn the right amount of repertoire on each day so that she would master it on time two months before the recital sure and know about program if she is working on the minor toccata and on Westminster Carillon I would see that the one would be perfect opening piece for recital and Westminster Carillon would be perfect for finishing it and uh, we could talk a little bit about uh, general principles of selecting the repertoire, right? What do you think about playing everything either very fast or very loud? I think it's very disrespectful to to the audience in general uh, and to the organ itself. You haven't uh, been to the, our last... Um, recital at church but and I'm very glad about it but what uh, one, about one it. of the guest organists played for an hour and 20 minutes with only I think one piece soft and slow and maybe some variations of of, of another piece a little bit softer too but other than that it was loud and fast all the time. It was French 20th century music, beautiful pieces by Tournemir, by Durufle, by Dupre, by Cochero. They all amazing pieces, but uh, not together, you know. <laughs> they have to have some contrast. And I've heard complaints from listeners downstairs that in general it was a nice recital, but too loud. So you need to, you know, respect your audience, basically, and think about them. So basically, you need to play various music, various music. loud and soft, fast and slow, S- and sad and, uh, and joyful, joyful, and keep you know a good balance among them. Because, again, if you will play, you know, everything soft and slow, then audience probably will either leave or fall asleep. Uh-huh. 
But if, if you will play, you know, <laughs> loud and fast all the time, for an hour and 20 minutes, everybody probably would, you know, just go mad. Exactly. Um, well, uh, also think about uh, your program like a one continuous piece, one continuous musical story, like a movie, right? You have to have culmination in a movie. You have to have a strong beginning, right? Uh, otherwise, your 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 you listeners will be bored right away if you're playing very meditative music at the beginning unless there is a special reason for that like in land let's say meditations in land or advent time some other things um, you know like now i just the thought came to my mind let's see about the third symphony by louis verne it consists of five movements it has you know fast and loud opening and finale. It has to you know the third movement of this symphony is you know very playful and joyful scherzo, virtuosic, and the second and the fourth movements are sort of slow meditative style. Normally, those symphonic pieces are written with contrasts in mind, of course, and. Uh, if that organist would have selected two symphonies, let's say one symphony by Vierne uh, and another by Dupre, let's say, uh, that would be fine, right? That would be fine because each work has many contrasting sections uh, and episodes, uh, so it would be built-in success. But he selected, you know, just the uh, pieces from the cake. Uh, from his symphony or, or from cycle, just the sortie, just the toccatas, you know. Yes, just uh, loud and fast, <laughs> loud and fast stuff. Well, anyway, I think, you know, you also need to think, you know, about the timeline of composers, you know, on your program, because sometimes people play, start with, you know, early music, and then we would go to the modern mm -hmm. stuff. That's, that's okay too. You could do some Baroque pieces and some Romantic pieces and finish with, let's say, 20th century or 21st century. And you know why it works? Because uh, musical language in, in those pieces will be gradually, probably increasing in difficulty and, and the tolerance of dissonance in listeners' ears will be also readjusted with, with each piece. If you start to play with very um, dissonant piece right from the start, it might shock the listeners, right? But on the other hand, if you all if you play your entire program from modern music, and each of them has contrasting sections and episodes, this commonality might unite your program, and uh, actually that would not be as tragic. But, you know, you need to be careful about playing only modern music. When we say modern, it could mean a lot of different things. I know, but I mean in sort of like <laughs> new Vienna style. Venice? <laughs> yes, Venice style. Dodecaphonic? Mm -hmm. Atonal, basically atonal, yes. Or expressionist. Um, yeah, 20th century saw a lot of different movements. 
uh, <laughs> including minimalist music, minimal, which is very easy to, to listen to. It was like a reaction to dodecaphonic music. I think, like, for general audience, you might, you know, add one of that kind of pieces in your repertoire, in your in one concert. Mm-hmm. If you will, you know, include all pieces like this, then, again, you will lose your audience. Because when we are talking about these specific 20th century compositional techniques, I think it's, in general, wise way to introduce people to... Compo- compositional techniques about what is done in the piece otherwise we might not get an idea what was it about you're right it's nice to talk between the pieces yes or at least you know, write down the program notes these mm-hmm. program notes good this is uh, good enough for starting the discussion and thinking about it uh, for closing I would like to point out that if if there is an anniversary of the composer uh, you can play only the pieces of that composer. This is this is fine, I think. There is a reason to do that, right? Or uh, one stylistic period of, of one historical period of organ composition. One country, if there is uh, an instrument that fits this country very well, that's fine. But it has to be explained for the organist also. Yes. Why you chose this. Exactly, because because variety in your program will be somewhat limited then if you are unifying your program, right? And then your listeners might need an explanation. Thanks, guys. This was Vidas. And Usha. Please send us more of your questions. We love helping you grow. And remember, when you practice... Miracles happen. This blog is supported by Total Organist, the most comprehensive organ training program online, where you will find courses for every area of organ playing, including technique, practice, sight reading, repertoire playing, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory and harmony, with hundreds of scores and thousands of exercises. Here is what some of the students are saying. Who writes? The sight reading course has helped me tremendously. Thank you very much for SS courses and all your help. Robert writes, I found the fingerings, registration ideas and general comments to be excellent. John writes, I have found your download very helpful. It was really excellent. I have watched some of your teaching videos and when I read your instructions. I try to imagine you are there teaching me. You may feel disappointed that I am two three days behind, but I am a slow learner, and I have committed to taking the time to get it right as you say. But the other night my wife commented that she had never heard me play such a detailed melody in the left hand so well. My left hand is generally poor. Robert writes, It has been a great pleasure in my life of having discovered your courses and material as well as the YouTube work of recordings. You have a calm and pleasant way of teaching. Ron writes, Hi Vides and Osha. Thank you guys. What a wonderful response to my email note to you. You've got me right, and I feel you understand my level of playing. Yes, at home and lucky that I have an organ for that reason. I am paying attention to this, and I am going to try this haha no longer secret model. 
Yes, and I love Caesar Frank too. What is very nice about your blog podcast is that Usha and Vidas are like a Socratic dialogue, and by bouncing things off of each other, so much more information comes out and is expressed. Your comments contain a wealth of information and understanding. I really appreciate this. It is very inspiring and will keep us moving forward. Would you like to receive the same or even better results that our students are getting? If so, join them at organduo.lt slash total organist. And of course, you will get the first month free too. You can cancel anytime. Also, if you haven't yet subscribed to receive free updates of this blog, make sure you do that at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video, how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. This was Vidas and Usha from Secrets of Organ Playing. And remember, when you practice, miracles happen.